today, I got to expose, you know, this hoax about, okay, you know, the Nation of Islam had nothing to do with the death of the great and honorable Malcolm X. Um, Yes, they did. They did have something to do with it. Matter of fact, they were a crucial hand in the death of Malcolm X. Matter of fact, it came out that a, um, not the FBI, not the FBI, what do you call it? Um, that a former, I think a former, I think a person who was formerly in the Nation of Islam came out and said that the Nation of Islam and the NYPD and probably FBI too had a hand in Malcolm X's death. So that shows you right there that they had a hand. So I want to play this video for you. And I would definitely want this to educate you and definitely break down and for you to understand that the Nation of Islam had a hand in Malcolm X's death and it's no hoax, it's no lie, it's no conspiracy. You know, they had a hand in his death. So let's play the video. And at least one American, Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, agrees that the U.S., not Saddam Hussein, is to blame for the suffering of the Iraqi people. Malcolm X by Peter Goldman and um, uh, my 
include was Malcolm X, the assassination. And the accounts of the 1966 assassination trial that they both contain, according to both books and according to the transcripts of the trial, when um, the late Dr. Betty Shabazz took the witness stand to testify um, about what had transpired on the 21st of February of 65 in the Audubon Ballroom, she wasn't able to identify any of the gunmen who killed her husband. She wasn't able to identify Tom Archer. She wasn't able to identify um, Norman Butler. She wasn't able to identify Thomas Johnson. This is in the transcripts of the trial. And the judge in the case, uh, uh, the presiding judge, Charles Marx, said as much himself that Betty did not identify anyone that Dr. Betty Shabazz did not identify anyone. She did not point to anyone. So your assertion that Norman Butler and Thomas Johnson were sentenced to prison terms they didn't deserve from her mouth was a defamation of Dr. Betty Shabazz. In October of 1998, you appeared on Meet the Press and had this to say. But I don't think that I should have to apologize unless I am shown that there's something that I said that is untrue, that is not correct, then I would have no problem whatsoever of going before the world where I made my mistake and correct my mistake and ask for forgiveness. Apologize for telling a blatant lie against Dr. Betty Shabazz. She was not responsible for the wrongful imprisonment of Norman Butler and Thomas Johnson. The Nation of Islam was because the Nation of Islam knew from day one the identities of the individuals that Talmadge Hare later named as his co-assassins. The Nation of Islam has known all along who murdered Malcolm. You withheld that information from the authorities. As such, you, the Nation of Islam, bear full responsibility for the wrongful imprisonment of Norman Butler and Thomas Johnson. In that scenario, was Malcolm worthy to sit in the seat of Elijah Muhammad and lead and be a redeemer of our people? The presentations that you have given on Malcolm X are lies from start to finish. And in the context of those lies, naturally Malcolm X comes out unfavorably. Naturally Malcolm X doesn't look as... Uh, as impressive as you imagine you do. But Malcolm X, I want to say this right to your face, has more character in his toenail and in his little finger than 10,000 Louis Farrakhan's have in their entire being. Malcolm X was a man of the ultimate character. And when, on the 21st of February 1965, his gunmen assembled in front of him to execute him. <laughs> Malcolm didn't beg for forgiveness. Malcolm didn't plead for his life. He didn't say, please don't kill me. Malcolm said, cool it, brothers, and they murdered him. Even in that split second, Malcolm X displayed a gallantry that you can only dream of. And been cast into the fiery furnace. A land where they've been making it hot as hell for us. 
you have um, that you've attributed to Malcolm X, um, a statement you claim he made to you in the last ever meeting you had with him. The last conversation I ever held with Malcolm. We were sitting in his Blue Oldsmobile, the same one that's now in Malcolm X College in Chicago. And Malcolm said to me, as God is my witness, he said, Brother Lewis, he said, I wish it was you being an example for me rather than me being an example for you. Now, with all due respect, Mr. Farrakhan, did Malcolm X ever actually say any such thing? Did any such a silly statement ever actually come out of Malcolm's mouth? Or is that not yet another one of your inventions and blatant fabrications? The last conversation I had with Malcolm X, he was about to leave the nation. And in that same car, out there, we sat in front of his home in Long Island. And Malcolm looked at me and said these words. He said, brother, I wish that it was you being an example for me rather than me being an example for you. The, the idea that he could have intuited that his situation was being an example for you is rubbish. Every single time you are accused of complicity in the murder of Malcolm X, you always deny the accusation by emphasizing what a junior position you held in the nation of Islam. In fact, in your interview, your 19... your 1985 interview with the National Alliance, you have um, stressed the fact that you didn't have any standing, if you will, within the nation of Islam to be in any position to have played the role in Malcolm's assassination that you are accused of having played. Um, I have never been investigated for any part or complicity in the assassination of Malcolm X. I've never been mentioned in the early writings of Malcolm's assassination. My name never came up because I was not a major player in the nation of Islam. Oh, I, I don't know Willie Horton, I'm Louis Farrakhan. So, when you attribute to Malcolm X a statement in which Malcolm appears to somehow predict your future, when you were a person of little or no standing at the time, that right there places a cloud of doubt over the uh, credibility of that particular statement that Malcolm X would say to you, his understudy, I wish it was you being an example for me, rather than me being an example for you. I can't even see how Malcolm could come out with a statement like that. A, a statement that seems so selfish and self-pitying, and so at variance with everything that we know about Malcolm's character. You make my point. <laughs> I mean, what you're basically trying to get us to believe is that Malcolm X was essentially wishing his misfortune on you so that he could benefit from it. You want us to believe that Malcolm X said to you, I wish you had, as it were, fucked up for my benefit rather than the reverse.
us. You're not an American. You're an African who happens to be an American. Malcolm X was a man who assumed responsibility for his actions. He would never come out with a statement that pathetic. Not a man of Malcolm's caliber. And so I'm convinced that the I wish it was you being an example for me rather than me being an example for you is another one of your fabrications. And it's a fabrication designed to fit this theme that you, you've, you've concocted for your Malcolm X story. So Malcolm died in reality that I might live. I thank Allah for his life. And I grieve over his death. In other words, you've conceptualized your relationship with Malcolm in those terms, that Malcolm's life, his alleged mistakes, and his death were somehow preparatory for your own career. So naturally, in the context of that particular conception you have of the relationship between Malcolm's life and your own, Malcolm would have to have said something like, Lewis, I wish it was you being an example for me rather than me being an example for you. It's, it's not only a blatant fabrication, but it comes across like that. It, it sounds like a, a, a made-up statement. I wish it was you being an example for me, rather. It's, it's too mechanistic. It's got a Lego-like, put-together, cobbled-together quality. I could be wrong, but I'm probably right. And he named all the enemies that I would have that were his enemies, and he didn't lie, he knew. Malcolm knew my future before I knew it. And he knew that I would be the one that would replace him. He knew that his life and his death would be an example for me. And if it were not for that example, I'd be dead right now. Likewise, um, your claims that Malcolm X somehow told you about who your enemies were going to be in the nation of Islam is such blatant horseshit. When did you become the national spokesman? When did you assume Malcolm's role? In 1967. When did Malcolm X have this alleged conversation with you? In 19, late 63 or early 64. And yet you want us to believe that Malcolm X predicted who your enemies were going to be once you assumed a role that was still four years into the future? I mean, it's only in your capacity as national spokesman that you began to be the focus of this alleged enmity and envy. The idea that Malcolm could have seen that far ahead to tell you who your enemies were going to be is a blatant lie. God has made me a better man for you than Malcolm X. I'm standing where Malcolm would have stood if he had the character to stand where I'm standing. God has made you a better man for us than Malcolm X? Are you completely crazy? In what way? Name a single respect, Mr. Farrakhan, in which you represent an improvement on Malcolm. Name one thing. Name one thing you've done that you can in all honesty say would have been beyond Malcolm's ability.
national frailties were played upon, jealousy arose, and Malcolm was ultimately ousted from that organization. This caused an intense climate of rivalry that set the stage for Malcolm's assassination in February of 1965. Uh, he was uh, being declared a uh, hypocrite at the time, and uh, because of uh, some of the things that uh, he was saying in regards to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, may God be pleased with him, uh, a strong position was really taken against him. Um, the ministers began to um, speak out against uh, the things that Malcolm was saying in regards to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, accusations that he uh, had made about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Um, he had uh, accused the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, for instance, of uh, fathering children and et cetera. And uh, you must understand that at that time, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, to the Muslims then, was held in, in such high reverence as you would even think of any prophet being held in high reverence. And uh, this is the kind of love and admiration that uh, Muslims at that time had for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So when uh, Minister Malcolm began to say those things, uh, it was taken as uh, an outright lie. And uh, that he was actually cascading and defaming, uh, actually, the uh, messenger. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad was known at that as, at time as the messenger of God. That was the title he used. And for those who followed him, that is what he was accepted as at that time, mm -hmm. you see. Were there any actual words that you heard from ministers, mosque ministers, suggesting that his life should be taken? No, I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that. I could only... Um, but it was inference. I would say that, take for instance, um, one time in the uh, Muhammad Speaks at that time, uh, the newspaper printed... Uh, a big article concerning the chief hypocrite and it actually had uh, a picture of uh, uh, Malcolm's head you know rolling or bouncing down down the street at that time and you know the way that picture is depicted you know he has little horns on his head and things like this here so indirectly uh, I would say that a very very strong position was taken against him yes even more you can't you can't take nine teenage women and seduce them and give them babies and not tell me you're more and then, then then tell me you're more you could do it if you admitted you did it and admitted that the babies were yours i'd, I'd shake your hand and call you a man a good one too but anytime you seduce teenage girls and make them be charged with adultery make them hide your crime why you're not even a man much less a, a divine man <laughs> so, uh, and, 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 and this is what he did. He took, he took at least nine that we know about. And I'm not speculating because he told this to me himself. Yes, that's why he wanted me dead, because he knew that as soon as I woke up, I'd tell it. plan of action was basically uh, what uh, took place. Uh, me and uh, Leon, we took seats down in the front. The order bond became early. Um, we would drift into the uh, order bond. Um, if indeed there was a search, then we could never enter. There was no search, so uh, we drifted in just like uh, we had hoped to. Uh, Leon Davis and myself took seats uh, down front on the uh, left hand side. Uh, Benjamin and uh, William, William, who carried the sort of shotgun, sat right behind us. You know, and uh, we were sat somewhat uh, in the back, or almost in the middle, 
And our plan was, as soon as uh, the uh, brother came out to speak, that uh, Wilbur would throw the uh, smoke bomb to make it a distraction. And that uh, Will would uh, fire his uh, shotgun, and that uh, Leon and myself, we would uh, fire our weapons. And then this uh, pray for the door. After King's assassination, a police superior has trouble with the truth. He tells reporters that two suspects were arrested at the Audubon. Later, official police reports say that one was arrested. Also, listen closely as the police official carefully handles the question about police on the scene. We have two suspects in custody now. Well, Where were they arrested? Fired the I wouldn't know that at this time. Where were they arrested, sir? One of uh, these men uh, was arrested uh, on the street by one of our patrolmen close by. There were no police at this meeting, were there, Inspector? There were no uniformed policemen assigned inside this hallway. No uniformed police on the scene. Does this mean that police out of uniform were there? And if so, why didn't they take action? What were they doing there? This behavior pattern rings a bell of striking similarity with the behavior pattern of the CIA overseas. <laughs> 